You're listening to Never Sleeps Network. Welcome, family, friends, fans, and foes. It's time once again for Never Sleeps Network's Talking Wrestling. I am your host, Casey Corbin, and thank you for joining us in the studio today here at the Never Sleeps Network. Uh, we've got a great show for you, but before we get to that, uh, make sure to hit us up on all the socials, on the Twitter at TNWPod, on Instagram at Talking Wrestling Podcast, on Gmail, TalkingWrestling at gmail.com, and now hit us up on Facebook, Facebook slash Talking Wrestling. You can find us there. All the issues, all 35 issues are up there already. And uh, with the links to iTunes and few pictures and the videos are, are going up every week. So make sure to check out the Facebook page. Give us a like and follow us there. That's pretty much it. We're going to get right into things because I'm very excited. Special guest today, referee extraordinaire from the WWE, WWF, uh, Jimmy Corderas from Aftermath Television, uh, which is, can be seen 730 Tuesdays before SmackDown, is in studio with me. Jimmy, thanks for joining us in studio. Well, thanks for having me. I, it gives me a chance to come downtown. I don't get out get down here as much as i'd like to that's for sure yeah well you know downtown toronto is nice king street is is a lot nicer now that the traffic is not as bad anymore because they've shut down a lot of king street right no uh traffic so well depends on your point of view i mean there's 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 some that'll argue that that's not a good thing especially if you own a restaurant yeah or whatever a business but then i don't so i can't complain (laughs) no i think uh but as far as, you know, like, let's say if you're, you know, uh, looking for parking spots, it's much easier. Oh, I, easy for me. I found one right outside. Yeah. Right, right out front. Can't get any better than that. Yeah. As long as the meter machine doesn't eat your credit card or anything stupid like that. Uh, yeah. You're, you're in a good spot. So. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I won't even get into that now. So uh, so thanks for joining us today. I'm excited that you're here. I'm a big fan of yours. Obviously, uh, I've watched your entire career. And it's just really cool to have you here. I, I'm a fan of your book, Three Count, which I have sitting here as well. So we can just get into talking wrestling. So um, let's start with last night, Fastlane. How did you like the pay-per-view? I loved it. I mean, like I went in with low expectations because you looked at it on paper and you said, yeah, this has the potential to have some good matches, but, you know, WrestleMania is three, four weeks away. Yeah. So, uh, man, what are we going to get before WrestleMania? We got a hell of a pay-per-view, I thought. I, all the matches were were you know they all delivered you know and i think it's sometimes you go in with low expectations Mm -hmm. and and once they surpass those expectations it makes it that much more enjoyable i think a lot of the problem with a lot of the fan base right now is that they want everything to be a home run and you can hit a home run sometimes you're going to hit a single sometimes you're going to get a mookie double up the middle or something whatever but last night i thought was yeah good i I thought it was good too yeah I don't do star ratings or, or no, no, or, no, or how many out of ten would I rank it? It was very good. I liked it. Yeah, no, I thought it was great too. Like, I remember the pay per view started, and uh, my roommate said, I-, "I don't even know any of the matches that are on this, except for the main event." And I'm like, "I don't think I know of any of the matches either." I'm like, "Obviously, there's going to be a women's match. I think Charlotte's wrestling Ruby." But I said, aside from that, I don't know what else is on. Right. I always watch Raw, like pretty religiously smackdown try to watch as much as possible even though i like smackdown better because 
all the Canadians are on SmackDown. Of course. So, uh, I, you know, and most of my favorite guys are Canadians. So, I usually watch SmackDown. Well, the good thing is it's on Friday nights, too. Right. So, if I don't have a gig, I'm watching it Friday night, which is, uh, and it's on Sundays, too. So, you can watch it three times during the week up here in Canada, which is, which is fantastic. Mm-hmm. But that card, I was very impressed with it. I was very happy with it. I thought Bobby Roode was going to defeat Randy Orton, which is a big win for Bobby Roode. Right. And uh, that did not go that way. Uh, Randy Orton won, and, but still, like, in a great match. So you can't be upset with that. And nothing was tarnished on the way to WrestleMania. Like they didn't spill any oil on the road. The road is still safe. Yeah. You know, there's no roadblocks this year. Uh, You know, it looks like we're smooth sailing right into WrestleMania now. And the the card will start to unfold. Yeah. I mean, uh, especially with the main event, AJ Styles retaining the title, which gives the diehard audience the the match they're craving for, the AJ Shinsuke Nakamura match. We're getting Charlotte and Asuka which is another match that'll appeal to them as well. See, it's funny because these matches, the way WrestleMania is structured, uh, especially in the last few years, is it's kind of structured to appeal to everybody. There's Mm -hmm. matches that are going to appeal to the hardcore guys, and there's matches that are going to appeal to the more casual fans, like like the tag match with... uh, Kurt Angle and Ronda Rousey versus Triple H yes. and Steph. That's that's mainstream. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? The only problem the, the diehard fans have is they want their match to be featured. Yes. Last. Yeah. And it, it's not. It, it doesn't work that way. The, the, the match that's going to be featured last is the one that's more heavily promoted, the one that they see making more money for them, and the one that mainstream media will jump all over. And that'll be Ronda Rousey's first wrestling match. You know, I would bet that that has a better chance on going on last than uh, Brock and Roman only because of that, because, yeah. because of the mainstream attention it's going to get, because she transcends pro wrestling slash sports entertainment. Yeah, and not only that, she's the highest pay-per-view selling female in the history of sports. Yes. So people are going to want to watch this and, you know, she's kind of used, she isn't showing any attitude or anything like that yet, but, you know, she's... It'll come. You know, it'll come, yeah. Yeah. Like, she's, you know, I'm hoping that they're going to build her to be like the female Brock. Like, where, where, you know, she's the real deal Mm -hmm. and and she's to be feared. Yeah, I would you, like you know. I would like to see that, but I also fear that because we were talking earlier today about how uh, there seems to be this negativity trend amongst some of the fans, yes, especially on anti-social media, as I like to refer to it. It's ridiculous. I haven't seen so many people want to, wanting to see someone fail before they even it's, step in the ring. Yes. I mean, like they, they, oh, I hope she bombs. What? No. Why don't you hope she does good so you can be entertained? I, I want more. It. I want more eyes on the product. Like, yes. We talked earlier about how when you pre-book things in your head or you fantasy book things in your head the way you want it, you get upset when the way it happens, and then you get moody, and that's like what Star Wars fans do with their movies, and they get all upset. And I, I did that before Christmas. I said that that Ronda Rousey would show up in the Rumble. She'll come in at 30. Mm-hmm. She'll throw some two people over. Right. She'll win the Rumble, and she'll go on a main event with Charlotte at WrestleMania because the women's movement is very strong in the WWE this Mm -hmm. year. And it seemed like this would be the logical thing to do it. Like, she's going to be the main event against Charlotte. And I just thought that's the match. And then when it didn't happen, when Trish Stratus came out at 30, I was not upset because it's Trish Stratus and she 
was just amazing. That new outfit that she had, she looked like she looked like an action doll of herself. You know what? She looked like she hadn't uh, stepped away from the ring. Exactly. Or definitely had a baby she, in a year. No, definitely not. She looked great. And uh, but as far as the Ronda Rousey thing goes, I, I get a lot of people's wanting to see that matchup, which we'll probably get down the road eventually. Of course. But you have to take baby steps, especially for someone like Ronda who hasn't kind of yet grasped mm-hmm. professional wrestling yet so she has to she's still on that learning curve yeah um trying to pick it up and and i think some of the, some of her um tendencies to rush a little bit showed when she was uh you know physically manhandling stephanie mcmahon the, yeah uh, that monday night on raw um i think having her in this tag match protects her as well as has her in the ring with some really great, like Triple H and 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 Kurt Angles, who, yeah. who can control the pacing and control the match and kind of help her along so that she doesn't, uh, you know, like putting her in a, in a match by herself in a singles match, I don't think she would be ready for it. No. And I think that the nerves would really get to her. She really wants to do this. She um, really, she, yeah. she loves wrestling. Yeah. And she wants to succeed. I think sometimes we try to rush things a little bit too much in our minds. Uh, let her take her time. She will develop. She'll pick it up. Especially yeah. with someone like Kurt uh, guiding her a little bit because you take someone who's come from the amateur world of professional wrestling exactly, and picked it up like quicker than anybody I've ever seen because usually guys that come yeah. from that background, uh, they kind of have this preconceived notion about professional wrestling. Even Kurt did. Yeah. But he was able to understand that there was more to just coming off as a legitimate badass. So yeah. To speak. You know what I mean? You have yeah. to be entertaining. The good thing about Ronda Rousey is is she's already taken acting classes. She's jumped into the acting world. She's had parts in movies. She's had she's played herself here and there. Right. You know, and that that helps out along the way too. Like when Kurt Angle first uh, you know, before he got in the WWE, he was taking acting classes because yeah. he just thought that would help his career as being a, a sportscaster or whatever he was going to become because after that ECW stint, he didn't want to be a wrestler because he was clearly offended. Uh, yeah. You know, by the way ECW ran their show. And uh, <laughs> just, yeah. I think they crucified somebody at the card. He's like, what? What is this? Yeah, I, I don't want to be a part that, of this. That was, uh, was that the Raven thing? I, I think it was the Raven yeah, thing. Yeah. And uh, imagine you're, you don't understand the world of professional no. wrestling very well. You're being uh, courted. And you're, and you're all American. Right. Gimmick. Like, that's who you are. Yeah. You're the all-American, hardworking athlete from Pittsburgh. And then you see someone laid out, uh, tied up to a cage and getting waffled with chairs. And you're like, maybe this isn't for me. I kind of had a different vision of this. No. And I love where he said uh, when he signed, he's like, well, you know, I'm... I'm not, I'm, I'm never going to lose. It's like, well, <laughs> yeah. no, you, you will, yeah, you'll you lose will. a lot, you yeah. know? See, that's, that's another problem that, that the old school mentality of like, like, I, I, I can't lose. It's going to, you know, it's not like a real fight. And there's, and even if you do lose, there's another one next week. Yeah. It's or not, tomorrow. Or tomorrow or yeah. whenever. Yeah. You yeah. wrestle. What do they wrestle? They wrestle six days a week, probably um, five days a week. The reg- I think the regular schedule now for, you know, the separate crews is four days each. Yeah. But uh, four or five, depending. Yeah. I'm excited. I'm going to um, January 30th. I'm going to see uh, the SmackDown cast in Ottawa on the Monday night. So oh, cool. I'm excited for that. It's been a while since I've been to a WWE house show. It's been a lot, like, actually, for somebody who has a wrestling podcast, I've mm. not been able to get a lot to a lot <laughs> wrestling because uh, I have another job where I'm a professional stand-up comedian. So weekends are tough because right. I'm, I'm, that's when I make my money. Right. So it's very frustrating 
that you know uh, i miss a lot of super kick cards i miss a lot of smash cards mm-hmm. i miss a lot of uh i've missed every i haven't been to a destiny show yet right. and like my god they got marty Skrull coming up against pete dunn uh, I know. and and i can't go to it already and i'm very upset because marty Skrull is like one of my favorite wrestlers mm-hmm. and uh to see him against Pete Dunne, that's that is a that is a British dream match right. that they're not getting over in England, but you're getting it in Mississauga. Right, and if you think about it, because Pete Dunne, who is who is the WWE uh, UK champion, yeah. facing a Bullet Club, a member, Bullet Club member, you know, like yeah. worlds are colliding here. So it's, so it, it's amazing because the independent scene in Toronto, especially in this area and just surrounding area of Toronto, is really thriving. Yeah, I mean. A1 yes. out of Hamilton's doing really A1 well, too. A1 out of Hamilton is doing well. There's, It's just, uh, it's a good time for independent wrestling as long as, you know, the the guys you mentioned, the Smashes and the Destinies and the Super Kicks and, and A1, those are the guys that are doing it right. The guys in Ottawa. Yeah. Um, C4. C4. Uh, there's Montreal. There's... Um, where Frankie the Mobster usually wrestles at, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. See, like those see, guys, yeah. Yeah, those guys, they're doing it right. And I don't mean to be disparaging against others, but it just seems like uh, even Barry Wrestling, mm-hmm. uh, Barry Wrestling, up, uh, they run once a month, I think it is, and they, they do it out of the basement of a church, and it's a family-friendly show. It's a, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, I just, I'm just happy that people are getting into it. Yeah. You know, and, and, and I'm seeing a lot more fathers bringing their kids to indie shows. Yeah, because they were the hardcore fans way back when, and they're bringing the kids, and the kids are having fun. Oh, I think you know? so too. Like, yeah, that's part of this WWE show that I'm going to. Um, my friends' kids are 12 and eight. You know, I we go to movies whenever I'm in town, and right. you know, and uh, I love I, I love the kids, and you know, and I asked, I said, "Do you guys watch wrestling?" They're like, "No, no." I'm like, "Why don't you watch wrestling? You're, you're 12 and eight. Like, yeah. what is wrong with you? Do you know wrestling? Like, like, well, of course, everybody knows John Cena." You know, right. like at the playground, mm-hmm. everybody, kids are that age are running around what, going, "You can't see me," and they're yeah. and they're wrestling. They're yeah. all the time, which is a, yeah, a lot better than the kids who are running around in the attitude area yelling, "Suck it!" You yeah, know, <laughs> yeah, it's a little, it's a little better. It, yeah, but it, it's funny you mentioned that because I, I was at I was at the uh, the live event in Oshawa this weekend. Mm-hmm. The Raw brand was there, and it was interesting seeing the crowd. It was a pretty good crowd. I mean, like it, close to sellout, not quite. Yeah, but very good crowd and. When you listen to the reactions from the crowd, you know, you had your pockets of the hardcore diehard fans who were, you know, cheer the heels and boo the baby faces yeah. and Roman sucks and all this stuff. Yeah. But the majority of the crowd was, was were WWE fans who were not those guys that go on the internet 24-7 mm-hmm. and, and try to, to read the stuff. And they, they were enjoying the show. There were a lot of kids there and they were reacting the way, for lack of a better term, the WWE would hope they would react. Yeah, they cheered the baby faces. They booed the heels, and then uh, again, you had your pockets of hardcore guys who just yeah like to go against the grain. I guess. Well, the indie scene is doing amazing, like in Toronto, like you said, and also the uh, Ring of Honor when they come to town mm-hmm. with uh, War of Worlds with New Japan. Right. Uh, they played the Ted Reeve uh, uh, rink, which is a lacrosse rink now, I do believe, but um, they sold that out like in a day. Yeah. And it's time for them to be like, you know, when you're combined with Ring of Honor and New Japan, Mm -hmm. I think you got to get a bigger venue because the Ted Reeve, first of all, there's only one bathroom. Uh, Uh, (laughs) That's a problem. No air conditioning. Uh, No air conditioning. As you're sitting there on the floor and you're looking at all the people, you know, I look around, 
because I'm like, if something happens, where's the closest exit? Mm-hmm. Because, you know, that place screams death trap. If there's a fire, I uh, think, you know, I'm like, how do we get out? Exactly. You know, but uh, I just think they need a better, a better rink or a better venue. I was there last year for the mm-hmm. War of the Worlds. It sold out too fast this year. And plus I'm on the road, so... Uh, I'm gonna miss it, but last year's card was was really what like opened my eyes to New Japan and a Ring mm-hmm. of Honor and how good of a product they're putting out there. Because mm-hmm. I'd heard so much about the Young Bucks right. and and watched them and watched them on on YouTube and stuff. But we're very lucky because we got Young Bucks with Kenny Omega, right? Who at, at the time couldn't perform in the states because he didn't have he had visa problems. Uh, I but, guess yeah, yeah. So he could come in Canada because he's Canadian, right? So we're we're the best. We're the best. We got the best show on the best on the on the entire tour, right? Because we get the three Bullet Club. But oh, I just fell in love with uh, the Bullet Club and uh, and and a lot of the Japanese wrestlers. Mm. You know, uh, you know, like. Tanahashi and um, Tanahashi is so charismatic. I mean, he's like, oh, it, he's uh, yeah, yeah, like it, love him, love him to death. Like I got to meet him, threw up the air guitars. Yeah, you know, he's you know when they say he's their John Cena over mm-hmm. there, and it's like, right. well, I don't see how you can even how half the people could possibly even hate this guy. Right. He's unless you're a woman and you're upset that he has better hair than you, <laughs> because he has the best hair. Yeah. Out of any wrestler that's uh, wrestling. See, yeah, and trying to trying to draw a correlation between North American audience and the Japanese audience. The Japanese style, New Japan style, is is different, obviously, from WWE mm-hmm. style. It is it is something that uh, uh, they do call it uh, uh, strong style, but strong yeah. style doesn't mean that they beat the crap out of each other. It's, no, it's it's a mindset. It's it's uh, it's more traditional. Yeah, in, in a sense, and ROH adopts more of that style than they do the North American style, but they've also taken it up a notch and added a lot of um for lack of a better term high flying that you that you don't see in japan it's, it's funny because a lot of the stuff you see in japan uh makes its way to north america mm-hmm. but kind of tweaked a little bit to make it a little more uh, uh palatable palatable yeah. to the north american audience and everybody talks about that style versus wwe style uh what i'd like to say is people complaining that this is the right way to do it no this is the right way to do it it's there's no right way to do no. it. no there's no one right way there's different presentations of yeah. it yeah and it's whatever works and whatever generates uh revenue for the company and i'm happy that companies like new, uh roh and new japan are finding success yeah i'm happy that guys like the young bucks and uh kenny omega and the bullet club guys are finding success outside the wwe the yeah cody Rhodes too where they're making a market for themselves and- exactly they're they're they have created their own brand from a marketing standpoint it's great and it shows that it can be done it doesn't mean that everybody, everybody can do it everybody could do it no these guys have gone out of their way they've got their own show coming in september the the all-in show i'm hoping and plus it's also having a podcast a wrestling podcast festival attached to it right but they have not said whether it's invite only. They said all the best wrestling podcasts will be there. So we don't know if there's going to be podcast submissions and fees, which I would assume. But it, they might just go and they might pick the, you know, Jim Ross. And they might pick Chris Jericho if he has time. Right. or and, and Stone Cold and bring in all the best Cornette and all the best podcasts. and. Right. Uh, most of them have wrestlers attached to them or former wrestlers or somebody in the industry. Right. And then my buddies are called We Watch Wrestling. They're mm-hmm. three guys out of uh, LA. Matt McCarthy is, he wrote for a year with WWE for, I think, 2013. He wrote for a year and he wrote right. the uh, 
Okay. The, the Daniel Bryan Kane therapy segment. Oh, okay. Yeah. That was the biggest thing that he got to air. Right. So, but uh, Good his stuff though. It's fantastic stuff. stuff. Look at when they when Daniel Bryan retired, mm-hmm. that was in his package. Right. The the therapy moments, and I was like, mm-hmm. you know, I was very proud of him for. I'm like, my God, like yeah. you made somebody's highlight reel. Exactly. You know, like you're writing. Congratulations. You know, that's uh, tremendous. You know, because like, and he points out all the time. He goes, look at. I know you fans think you have all the answers, but. All, you don't think 38 writers can come up with all the answers that you've given? Mm-hmm. They did. Yeah. And they've been turned down. Right. And he's like, whenever you think that the the writers and the writers and the writers, they come up, come up with better stuff, he goes, there is better stuff, but Vince doesn't like it. Right. Vince knows what he likes, and the final call all comes down to Vince. And that's if you, that's you know, the big thing that they they don't realize. They don't realize that. Yeah. He goes, so if you have a problem, it's with Vince. And, you know, and, and he goes, and he goes, and a lot of people say, like, Oh, when Vince is gone, it's going to go more NXT. It's going to more more of this. He goes, look at Vince is gone. You're going to miss him. Yeah. Believe me, you don't realize it, but you will miss Vin- the entire sport will miss mm-hmm. Vince McMahon yeah. whenever he goes. Right. And that's why Triple H right now is being groomed to take that spot. Mm-hmm. I think uh, Triple H is so smart in the sense that he is not only learned from Vince, but he I think he could put his own little spin on it without going too far away from Vince's vision, mm-hmm. if you know what I mean. Yeah. You see what he's doing with, with NXT? It's connecting, it, but it's connecting again to that, that, that certain, it caters to that hardcore audience. Yes. And that's why they've bought in. And, and the reason I like NXT personally is because it is kind of like that bridge between old school and new school. Yeah. They, they have kind of meshed the two worlds together without going too far one way or the other. Yeah, it's, it's kind of like a hybrid version of old school. It's an hour-long wrestling show. Yes, easy to digest, simple storylines, uh, you know, limited uh, matches. Yeah, yeah limited matches. Everything is limited. Just yeah. like it's very simple and very easy. I love uh, the idea of having a feud between two guys yeah. all over one thing. Velveteen Dream just wants you to say his name. Don't call him Patrick. Yeah. Just call him Velveteen Dream because that's just mm-hmm. who he's become. He's going to be a star of that kid. Oh, yeah. I knew. He's only 22, 23 I knew that watching old. Tough Enough. Oh, my goodness. It's kind of like, uh, it's like again, trying, trying to draw a correlation. Watching uh, Elias, the drifter, when he was the drifter down yeah. at NXT. I was watching him, and I watched him progress in NXT, and I said, when this guy gets to the main roster, he's going to be a big star. And people were looking at me like, you're crazy. No, I think he you're right. Yeah. He, he can't wrestle, blah, blah, blah. I'm Dude, it doesn't matter. He's going to connect with the audience. You're going to learn to wrestle. Yeah, yeah. Wrestling will come eventually. You know? Okay, so so the guys like the Ultimate Warrior who are over and Hulk Hogan who are over. I, I always draw this analogy, too. You, you look back at Stone Cold Steve Austin. When he was the ringmaster, didn't get over a lick. And he was a great wrestler as the ringmaster. Yeah. He was technically, a, technically he's, yeah, Technically, he's fantastic. He gets over, stomp, kick, giving middle fingers. Thank yeah, you very much. Very limited. Stunner, stunner, stu- kick, stunner, kick, what, stunner. What did The Rock do? Punch, kick, people's elbow. Yeah. Over. It's, it's like I tell people. They say, well, you know... This this finishing move is fantastic, and this I said. Well, what are the most over finishing moves ever in the history of professional wrestling? A leg drop, a stunner, an elbow, and a sock in the mouth. Yeah, you know, <clears throat> come it's on, it's totally true. And then you see guys um, like every time Cena leaves and comes back, he comes back with new moves. Mm-hmm. The latest one is is the power bomb pin that he sort of does, where yep. it's it's sort of like a 
a flip and then yeah. made of a, like a monkey flip or something like a sunset flip, but it turns into a power bomb. Right. Uh, yeah. That's kind of the newest one he's brought back from his last. But every time he comes back, he gets better. And, right. and it's just like, you know, and I was not a John Cena fan for the longest time. I never liked Thugonomics. I didn't like the rapper. I didn't like any of that stuff. It wasn't until maybe after the, the Miz and then the Rock series mm-hmm. at WrestleManias yeah. where it's like, okay, well, this guy, he's legit. He's a, you know, I, and I started enjoying his matches. Right. And then, and it feels good not to be you know, on the side. You know, it's like, like, uh, K. Trevor Wilson from, uh, from Letterkenny was on the show and he was like, right. he said, I started cheering for John Cena because I got tired of arguing with children at wrestling. Uh, right. You know, he's like, why am I an adult arguing <laughs> yeah. with children? You know, let's it, just it's agree. Because, uh, our co-host on, on, on Aftermath, Nug, when yeah. we go to live events and John Cena's on the card, he'll see kids with John Cena gear and stuff like that. And he said, are you a John Cena fan? And they'll go, yeah. And he said, oh, boo. And he, you know, like. Yeah, he plays it up. In a nice little PG way. You know, yeah, he has exactly. fun with the kids. You know what I mean? As opposed to being. Yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, it's like you know. You, can I say this on here? You can say being, whatever you want. Without being a dick. Yeah. You know, you don't have to be a dick. No, no. You, you know, but that's just the world we live in everybody thinks you have to be a dick first <laughs> no no not at all you don't have to be a dick at all especially the kids yeah, why not? you know let's so. let, the, let the kids enjoy you know they, yeah. they like john cena they like roman reigns they like those guys and everybody that um you know i and this is the thing i constantly point out about roman reigns is the minute you put him back with the shield they love him right he, oh he does the same thing they do the power bomb everybody cheers yeah it's like, but when he does that on his own, you hate him. I don't understand yeah. the logic behind it. Yeah, I, you it, know, it's 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 amazing uh, uh, this disconnect that they have, and and I don't have an issue if if who, with who you like and who you don't like. It's it's personal preference. Yes. everybody has their own you know mm-hmm. likes and dislikes. But if you're gonna okay, tell me why you don't like Roman Reigns. Well, he can't wrestle. Okay, you just shot yourself in the yeah. Front. yeah that's no yeah. no point in continuing because you're, you're wrong. You're wrong. You're absolutely wrong. Yes. And, and but that's my opinion. No, this isn't an opinion. When you say the guy can't wrestle, that's not an opinion. No, he's had great matches with great opponents time with, and time again. But not just great opponents with a gr- wide variety of opponents because and and of course, you know, it's not the opponent carried him. What? Big Show carried him? Daniel Bryan carried him? No. Uh, John Cena care everybody he's been AJ Styles everybody he's been in the ring with he's had great matches with yeah the guy is just good in ring the one drawback that everybody was talking about he, he can't cut a promo he's he's not good on the mic you know when he's limited like lately like he has been lately he's yeah. fine on the mic it's well, not a problem but they have a problem with him but then they have a guy like Shinsuke Nakamura who I like yeah don't get me wrong I like Shinsuke Nakamura He's not going to connect with that larger audience because he can't communicate mm-hmm. in a better way. Yeah. He, like if his English was better. And I, and I don't mean that disrespectfully. I mean, it just, no, it's just the way it is. And, and I think it's different the way with Oscar because Oscar's English also is limited, but by having her not say much and presenting her as this legit badass with a, with a, with an undefeated streak, you have a better chance of connecting there. Yeah. With Shinsuke, you're, uh, you know, this whole rock star kind of thing. I don't know if people are buying it. Yeah. Right now. That's, that's it. And, uh, you know, I, like I said, I like Shinsuke Nakamura. I like his in ring style and stuff like that. But, well, I think he's going to, I think they're going to tear down the house at Mania. Like, yeah. and it's not even necessarily because of Shinsuke. It's just because AJ Styles yes. is the best. 
and uh, in the world, in my opinion. And I and yes, I get it. Those out there who are going to say, "Well, what about Okada? What about Kenny Omega? What about those guys?" They're he's, fantastic. He's, he's wrestled a lot of those guys. Yeah, <laughs> you know, they're like, excellent. Don't get me yeah. wrong. Like, and they'll say, "Well, you're just you know, you're kind of like a North American Homer. That's why you're picking AJ Styles." The reason I pick AJ Styles is the best in the world outside of Randy Orton because Randy Orton, as we said before, yeah. the absolute smoothest guy in the ring ever. Yeah, so uh, smooth. Yeah, he looks like he doesn't even want to be there, and then he puts on the match of that yeah. you wouldn't like just exactly, ah. and you go. It, did he even try? It doesn't look like he's trying and it looks so good. But AJ, because AJ's been everywhere. Yeah. You know, he's he's been on top in, in, in New Japan and he's been on top in ROH. He's been on, to- on top everywhere he's been. Then he comes to the WWE where the, it is more structured. Mm-hmm. Yes. Given that. But at the same time, he's allowed enough freedom to have the matches he would like without having to go yeah. full bore overboard. So he's been able to be, to adapt to every territory every area he's been in mm-hmm. and thrive and become the number one guy yes so to me that makes him the number one wrestler in the world right now and that's not again not a knock on, on no but it on, makes but it makes sense everywhere he if everywhere you went you're number one right and you're and you're wrestling yeah well this is it's not like now, now if an, now if someone like an okada or a tanahashi or a kenny omega comes to the wwe and they can attain the same level of success that aj styles not only with in-ring and winning titles but also being a guy that connects with the audience that is a top merchandise seller because that's a big thing with the wwe aj yeah. styles is like top three. Oh yeah of course you know gloves so, armbands ev- everything he's a top three merch seller and and he's made that connection with this audience and if you can connect with audiences all over the world, which is what he's done, that's why in my mind he's the best wrestler on the planet. And that's what I was saying last night. Uh, the only knock I do have against Roman is uh, you can't have a Superman punch when AJ Styles' flying forearm is just basically the same move done so much better. Different, yeah. The, you know, it's like it's, it's like it's, you're pretending your arm's a shotgun, which Superman would never use, uh, <laughs> for starters. But AJ Styles seems to fly a lot farther with that, especially like last night. He hit oh, it yeah. perfect last Three night. Three quarters of the way across. And, the and it just looks so great. And, uh, but oh my, it's so funny, good. Here's the funny thing with the Superman punch, though, because, and again, these are the people who, who claim uh, more realism in wrestling. Mm-hmm. We want more realism. The Superman punch came from MMA. Mm-hmm. it's an actual mma move the superman punch the only difference is uh the cocking of the arm that roman does yeah. which is more for show than anything i wish he would slow it down more because he, he, he kind of does it really quick yeah it's almost like i wish he would take his time and just like slowly do it and then i, I don't know that's just my little thing yeah but, but again it's in his timing on those is really good especially when he doesn't hit it yeah it's like when when he he goes to hit the superman punch and somebody uh, spears him out of the out of the air, or or catches him and hits him with an let's say a, a, a an attitude adjustment or something. Yeah, you know his timing is phenomenal. And his, I'm looking forward to his uh, Brock match at WrestleMania too. Yeah, uh, because or WrestleMania as well, uh, because uh, you know the last one was interfered with right. with the Money in the Bank uh, mm-hmm. cash in. Yeah, and uh, you know so. The rematch, it's he's waited for this rematch, which mm-hmm. he, you know, he could have had the next year, but the fact that they've held off on it, right, I think is fantastic storytelling as well. And and I'm a huge Brock fan. I, I don't think Brock gets enough credit for how he sells. No. He he is so good at selling. Yeah. And uh I never noticed until the Goldberg match at Survivor Series mm-hmm. when he took that second spear and right. now he sold it and now he's slow. Yep. And you're like 
my God, his facials are really good. And everything, and like you just watch him and everything he does is great. And it doesn't bother me that he's never there because they've, it's, he is a treat. Yeah. He's like, you know, it's special when he's there. It fits with his persona and how he's presented. And and it's funny that you mentioned his facial expressions and his selling and so forth. I remember many years ago when we used to have our talent meetings and Vince McMahon would tell everybody, and I'm, I'm doing the Madonna Vogue thing right now. Mm-hmm. This is where you make your money. Yeah. Right here. Your facial expressions is where you make your money. And, uh, you know, a lot of times people, uh, the guys would listen to that and go, I what's he talking about? You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's the stuff you do out in the ring. And then after a while they get, Oh, now I get it. Yeah. The guy's right. As, as much as people think he's out of touch, he's not that far out of touch. I mean, he, he's still, no, look at, yeah, he was 100% on the money with Braun. Yep. You know, and taking him out of the Wyatts yep. and, and putting him and, and like, and I was not a fan of bronze at first, but then, as the buildup kept going on and going on and going on, it's like, no, the Braun buildup of making him, of taking him from the Wyatts and then making him this super monster, right. it was done so well. And now, due to the mix matches, which yeah. everybody shit on when they came, when it, when it was just offered, of course, uh, the mix matches have provided so much entertainment, right, and let wrestlers actually. Uh, show off their personalities more. Exactly. And where Braun now, you see he's a playful personality. Yeah. And now it's led to Braun, the monster, now doing some little bits of comedy. Right. But it doesn't affect the fact that he's still a monster. The guy right. can lift a ambulance. Yeah. You know? It's, it's, it's funny. I, I, I would have, again, this is my personal preference, but who am, I'm just saying, I would have preferred to hold off on the comedy from Braun for a little while longer. Yeah. Let him, let him still be that monster. But at the same time, seeing that comedy side of him shows a lot of range. Mm-hmm. And it also, uh, a lot of the success of Braun is not only the way he's been presented, it's also on him too, because he's gone out of, he's, the stuff that people don't see he works so hard and he's one of those guys that asks questions he'll go to other big guys like the big show like mark henry and ask them their advice what should i do what do you think it would be the best course how should i how should i approach this is what i was given how should i approach it you know he's not just going out there and saying okay i'm just going to do whatever they do no they tell me to do he's asking he's learning he's you know so uh you know that's a lot of that is on him and when you talked earlier about uh, creative getting a lot of the flack for what goes on, mm-hmm. like you said, everything is filtered through Vince. Vince is the funnel that everything goes through. Nothing gets on television without going through Vince first. Yeah. But at the same time, uh, and you know this as a performer, sometimes the material is good. Yeah. Sometimes it, it, it falls on the performer, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Not maybe um, presenting that vision the way vince would have liked to have seen it yeah. for example it's like no that wasn't what i was looking for you know what i mean and mm-hmm. so sometimes it, you know unfortunately sometimes it does fall on the talent and the same thing is with stand-up too like i did a show this weekend and uh, the lighting was not best mm-hmm. i made the call by the time i went up because i use my face a lot to like sometimes a punchline will be an eye roll you know or a, a look on my face and if they can't see that then I've got problems because the joke doesn't come out as well. So I made a choice. The The lighting was not great. And I'm like watching the other acts and I'm like, well, we're losing a lot of their facial expressions in the shadows. And uh, they said, well, what do you want to do? And I'm like, just turn on the lights. 
I don't care. I'll, I'll just, <laughs> right. I don't mind. Now, the only thing is when you turn on the lights, people at comedy clubs, the lights are always out because it's, it's set up for people to make them feel comfortable that they can laugh at things they usually wouldn't laugh at because they're in a dark basement. Right. Nobody's looking at them. But the minute you do put the lights on, everybody's aware of who's around them and what they're mm -hmm. laughing at. You know, it's a little more tense than, than right. having the lights out. But I'm like, no, my facial expressions to me in my act are more important than their insecurities about what they're going to and what not they're going to laugh at. So. Right. And uh, I had a good set. I made the. I think I made the right call. So I really enjoy with the 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 build on uh, Braun. I don't know who he's wrestling at WrestleMania yet. That's interesting <laughs> that you brought that up. Yeah. I mean, like uh, I Excuse know me. obviously the the internet rumors are out there as why they've been keeping Braun kind of like in limbo mm -hmm. up until WrestleMania. But I don't know. I I, I kind of like where, where they're going with him and and Elias. It gives them something to do, but also at the same time. Uh, not rushing him into that main event picture. No, it gives him his first like feud. You know exactly. Everybody, I don't. I just don't get the rush nowadays. Everybody wants to see everything happen yesterday. Yeah, there's no more like give this guy some time. You well, know this was mean? like when AJ Styles first came in, mm -hmm. so that he has a match at WrestleMania against Chris Jericho, which yeah. is a perfect opponent for him for his first WrestleMania match. Yeah. And Chris Jericho goes over, and everybody's upset. Yeah, and I was like, but I'm a huge Chris Jericho fan of everything he does mm -hmm. and i'm like are you kidding me i was like how many times does chris jericho have to lose at wrestlemania to say you know what i'm taking this one for me right you know he lost to fandango he he did that legends match where he had to get beat up by all the legends right he, he has done his fair share of jobs at wrestlemania mm -hmm. whereas you know and then i thought the aj and chris jericho match was probably like the best match of that wrestlemania that year and did the loss hurt AJ at all? No, of course not. Exactly. And you just don't get to walk in and beat Chris Jericho at your first WrestleMania. Right. I'm sorry. Don't discredit everything that he's done just because you're the new popular guy. And 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 it kind of and it kind of shoots that that theory of well, Chris Jericho's at well, yeah, he is at the stage of his career where he makes guys now. Yes. Uh, in in that sense, the WrestleMania where he lost to Fandango mm -hmm. should have put the rocket on Fandango's back. And yeah, it, it did for like a bit, two weeks. Yeah, it were like I was there in New Jersey, and people were walking around going, da, da. "Yeah, yeah, yeah." So I was like, "Okay, maybe they got something." Then two weeks later, it was like crickets, and I'm going, "See, it doesn't always work. It, it, it's not only the talent trying to get the guy over; the guy has to get over himself as well." Yeah, the music got him over. The, exactly, he was an entrance. So that's why you, you know, going back again to Shinsuke Nakamura. You hear his entrance music, people are on fire. Oh, yeah. During his matches, uh, they're not so... It's hmm. not, yeah. Now, the, the match he had with Sami Zayn at, uh, years ago at NXT TakeOver Dallas at WrestleMania. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but that was... He's tailor-made for that crowd. Yeah. You know, again, the, uh, the challenge is connecting with the crowd that... The majority, I'm sorry to say, but the guys that, that, that go to NXT TakeOver Dallas and, and watch NXT on the network, they're the minority, whether they like to admit it or not. But the, I believe they will have a great match at WrestleMania. Yeah, they will. Now, when that comes down to having a great match at WrestleMania, how does it work from behind the scenes? Like, um, And if you don't want to indulge, uh, I understand. But like, okay, so let's say... We know who's going over. We know mm -hmm. who's winning. Right. Is it up to them to sit down and build the match from that point backwards and be like, 
how are we going to get to this point? Or like, is it up to the wrestlers to create the match? Or is there, you know, okay, we want this and this done during the match. This has to be done. Uh, there, here's a swerve. But everything else, you... Because you hear about, like, how um, I've I've had Ricky Steamboat on the show. Uh, and, uh, you know, he's talked to me about the Macho Man match and how... Everything was Randy oh, yeah. precise. Yes. And I've also had Ted DiBiase on the show and he told me he, you know, he was at WrestleMania four with Steamboat yep. and I'm not with Steamboat with Savage. Yeah. And, uh, and I said, I asked him, I was like, so how did that match go? And he's like, well, he tried to script the entire match like mm-hmm. he did with Steamboat. But Ted said, I, first of all, I'm the heel. I'm yep. supposed to call the match. Right. And then second of all, um, you have to give me the liberty to, if I feel that I need to do something during the match. Mm-hmm. You have to let me call that spot. Right. And we'll try to get back on your track mm-hmm. as soon as possible. Right. And you know, ran and he said, Randy hemmed and hawed about it. And like, right. And then, and yeah. then, uh, he looked over to Liz and she said, you can do that, Randy. And he's like, okay, I guess I can do that. Yeah. But it was just like, yeah, it, it's such an, it's, first of all, such an interesting dynamic between Liz and Randy that, she was like the voice of reason, like, yeah, Randy, you can do it. You're Randy Savage or one of the greatest of all time. Right. But, you know, just the fact that she had to, like, be that voice in his head. Right. When he's clearly so focused on doing it yeah. one way. Yeah. Written, you know. Like, literally written out. Yeah. The, the entire match. Every like, little detail. You know, from from start, we lock up, We you know. I could not do that. I, I, I how, how does he remember all that stuff? It's amazing. Pretty much what happens at WrestleMania is everybody, you know, obviously knows what matches they're going to have. Mm-hmm. It, you know, as it gets closer to WrestleMania, you start learning where the placement on the card you're going to be. Everybody's assigned a, and used to be called an agent now, called producers. Yes. Everybody's, uh, whether it's like Garn or Fit or, or Michael Hayes or Johnny Ace or somebody, uh, Dean Malenko. There's <laughs> my, a bunch of them there. My <laughs> roommate last night got mad at the Uso match. He's like, oh, Road Dog, come up with something better. Mm-hmm. I, know, like, I said, how do you know it's Road Dog exactly. that's producing this match? He's like, he's producing all of you. I'm like, you don't know that. Shut up. No, he's, he's, he's the main writer for, for SmackDown. And again, like you said earlier, he writes it and Vince says yay or nay. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so, so the, basically what happens is um, everybody gets to WrestleMania usually around Wednesday, the Wednesday before. Everybody checks into the hotel, gets settled in. In in the hotel somewhere, they're in in a double secret location. Uh, there's a wrestling ring somewhere, or maybe two, in a ballroom somewhere hiding. Yeah, and I've the, noticed this the from the the Rumble this year that they had the practice ring in the room. Yeah, the, where the guys would uh, get together and they would discuss how they're going to go about their match. They would sit down with the with the uh, producer and the referee who's involved because it's nice that the referee yeah actually know what's going on. Especially on the biggest show of the year, because you don't want to just kind of look at a place. Yeah, give them the Iggy at the last minute. They go into the match, and this is the result. This is the result we're looking for. This is what we want. During the match, we would like you to do something that, uh, storyline wise, like tell that tell th- this is a story we want you to tell in the match. You, it's up to you guys to tell it, mm-hmm. but this is a story we want to tell in the match. You know, whether it's uh, you know fighting fighting from underneath adversity the you know the the david and goliath story whatever the dynamic is this is a story we want to tell and um, with the guidance of the producer you know they they lay out their match pretty much and um, some of the guys depending on who you know more the the more seasoned veterans like to have a rough outline almost like it's almost like the old days here's your here's a promo bullet points uh, yeah make sure you hit this hit this mark hit that talk about this 
uh, go. But the, the wording is all you. Nowadays, um, for the most part, the promos are scripted, and we all know that. Uh, a lot of guys still to this day in matches, uh, some of the older guys or more veteran guys will, okay, we're gonna do, we want to do this, we want to do that, we want to do this. But like like you said with T- Ted DiBiase, if I'm not feeling this or, or the crowd doesn't seem to be into it, we may change gears. We yeah. may go in a different direction. We'll feel it out there. You know what I mean? So it doesn't happen as much nowadays, but it still happens though. <laughs> uh, it was the Royal Rumble. Yeah. John Cena calling it in the ring. Well, you can see, like, John Cena, when he calls it, you can definitely, like, you know, when Bret Hart's calling stuff mm-hmm. in his matches, and he's, he'll say this, uh, you know, he, uh, he said it time and time again, you never see him. Right. Call, he's always in a headlock, and he's right down there, mm-hmm. and he's calling. Whereas John Cena, you know, <laughs> you can see him calling, like, the, mm-hmm. the spots. Wow. And, like, and it's, but it's almost at a point where, you know, well, Shinsuke, now, now, you yeah. know, like. Or, or when they're, Rey Mysterio was doing the thing and him and Roman are, are leaning on the ropes and, mm-hmm. and you can see like he's having a conversation with Roman before right. the 619 comes. And uh, I just, I find it humorous, like, you know, that um, sometimes it's really easy to notice them talking in the ring mm-hmm. nowadays, whereas it was, um, it, it's, it's just a little sloppy, whereas before... You yeah. never noticed it. Like, I never noticed it growing up until you start to look for it. And yeah. then, you know, or someone looking at the ref as they kick out a two or whatever, you know, like right. stuff like that you don't notice. But mm-hmm. maybe it's just because uh, I'm a bit of a smart. Uh, uh, I know. Uh, uh, it's certain things. I, I mean, like, you know, some guys are very creative in the way they, they communicate mm-hmm. in the ring. Uh, some guys uh, will trash talk. Yeah. But in the, in, in the course of trash talking, we'll actually... Get the message across. Yeah, you know, uh, in a subtle sort of way. And I know there, there, there are a lot of people out there, um, wrestlers too, that 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 I've heard that say that they hate it when the the wrestler being pinned is looking at the referee counting to kick out before three. Yeah. And you know, I try to think of it from from the the other side, thinking, well, why wouldn't I be looking to see so I can kick out before he hits three? Yeah. I mean, yes, I could hear it, but now am I relying on the cadence of the referee? I'm trying to time it. Or oh oh here he's coming down for three I better kick out that to me that makes sense I don't know that's just the, again um, just me <laughs> now uh, sometimes uh, things don't go as happening yeah. in the ring and sometimes even you have to make a, a decision mm-hmm. and I wanted to talk about this incident because we had already talked about tough enough mm-hmm. a little bit uh, I want to talk about the Daniel uh, the Daniel Pewter uh, yeah, thing oh, yeah. Yeah. because that's. Uh, a lot of people for I've forgotten about that, mm-hmm. but that was like, you know, quite the um, the moment where you know he got the best of Kurt Angle at a certain part, yeah, and and locked him in a uh, in a in a arm arm hold, mm-hmm. I believe. And um, you, was that your moment to like? You were the one that was like fast enough to realize, okay, this is not a good situation. Count two, got to count a pin on him, and then right. just it's done. It was one hundred percent reactionary. At the time, Kurt Angle wasn't 100%. He was still mm-hmm. suffering effects from his neck and stuff like that. And that whole thing about calling the guys in the ring to wrestle with him, the guy that won the... Nolinski. Or the, Chris Nolinski won that year, didn't he? No, I don't remember who who, who the guy he actually originally won that contest. and Not not the tough enough, but won that, that challenge. Oh, yeah, yeah. They brought into the ring and yeah. kind of wrestled him and kind of tied him up in knots and so on and so forth. We knew that was coming. But the calling out to anybody else... Mm-hmm. was just Kurt, you know. Just being, just, just improvising. Yeah, improvising. And then Daniel Pro- Pewter shot up his hand and we're like, 
what do we do? I, you can't say no now. No, it's live. Yeah, it's you know. So he comes in the ring and they start wrestling around and they got backed up into a corner, and I can see a pewter gets uh, what I a uh, key lock yeah. or Kimura they call it, and he has it, and I'm like I wasn't as uh, well versed in MMA at the time, but I kind of got the impression. I looked at it and went, "Oh, this is not good." I, I could tell right away that something was wrong, and I'm thinking. And in my mind, I'm, I'm trying to process these things. I'm trying to keep an eye on things. And I know there's no way Kurt's going to tap to this kid. Yeah. He'd rather lose his arm than actually mm-hmm. tap to this this young kid. So in my mind, I'm thinking, how can we end this without it being too overtly like... Thing? And when they fell on the ground, I just like, oh, I'm, I'm going to count. You know, it was, again, it wasn't something I said, okay, if they fall to the ground, I will count. If they do this, I will do this. No, it was just like, this has got to end. I don't know what to do. Oh, they fell down. Mm, you know what I mean? Yeah. And Kurt fell on top. So I just counted. Of course, hindsight being twenty twenty, I'm thinking, well, it was an amateur fight. I could have counted just one instead of three. Yeah. But I, I but I'm pro wrestling programmed. Doesn't you know matter. I mean? It was the right thing to do. Yeah. Yeah. And and right away, you know, as soon as I got to the back, you know, obviously didn't speak to Kurt. I wasn't going to go. He he was already and he was pissed. Yeah. He was pissed, and uh, I got to the back, and nobody said a word except uh, Gerald Briscoe was at Gorilla. Um, who's the guy who mm-hmm. talks to us in our earpieces. And again, didn't say anything. As I just walked in, he just gave me a little thumbs up. I went, okay. I got, and I talked to a few guys, like uh, I got to fit and fit asked, uh, said, did they tell you to do that? I said, uh, no, I just did it. You know what I mean? Yeah. He says, uh, that was quick thinking. That was very smart of you to do that. I said, I don't know if it was smart. I just did it. I just, it was a reaction. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, and then he got his at the rumble. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I, and I had I had the ringside seat for that. I I kind of felt bad. For, it got to the point where I kind of felt bad for the kid. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Like he was trying to do something that maybe you know, would give him an edge in the competition. Yeah, you know, um, but. maybe overstep bounds a little bit. But mm-hmm. you know, hey, you're trying to do something, make a name for yourself. I get it. Yeah. Maybe not the right circumstance to do it in. Maybe not the right no. way to do it. But then again, you know, in the Royal Rumble, it was like a welcome to the club, kid, and then just you know, yeah, chop fest. Yeah, so true. Do you, okay, so I wanted to ask you this. We're going to wind up in a few minutes here. Yeah. Uh, I wanted to ask you this. So um, one of my, my roommate, who um, who's a big wrestling fan, he lives with me because he has the network. And uh, so that's how I let <laughs> that's him That's a move. good reason to let him move I in. I let him move in. So, you know, it's like, oh, I'm, I'm, I don't have to go through these 400 DVDs anymore. Right. You know, and it's uh, it's great. But anyway, uh, he doesn't, he doesn't, he won't get on board, like, it was very hard to get him to watch New Japan. Right. And uh, I was like, how can you not watch, you know, uh, Omega and Okada? Like, right. just watch that match, please, please. Mm-hmm. You know, and luckily I flipped him, but he he won't get on with the Young Bucks. And he's like, and I, I, he was like, I can't watch a Young Bucks match. I'm like, why? He goes, because all they do is burn the ref and it, none of the match makes sense. Mm-hmm. But they're constantly, they're, they're, you know, like, they're, you know, he's like, they're out of the ring all the time. They're doing movies. Like, there's no... All their moves is every one of their matches, no disqualification, no count out. Right, right. And I was like, oh, and now it's he's making it hard for me to watch a Young Bucks match. Right. And then I start watching, I start, you know, thinking about burning the ref and, and then certain things. And like even last night when I watched the women's match, mm-hmm. now Carmella had a really good move where she went and she sort of did the move uh, where she went outside the ropes and tied up. Yes, uh, Charlotte. I think in the ropes. I think or or whoever she tied up. But yeah, but she was outside the rope, and the ref counted to five. But technically, she's outside the ring. Right. 
the ref could have just kept counting a ten and counted her out of the out of the match. Uh, but but how does it work in a situation like that? Well, she she has a. a the other a hold on them because uh, yeah. so the hold is considered in the ropes. Uh, yeah, They're in the in ropes. The, yeah, so it's kind of like a, the five it, count, same, same as a rope break. It would yeah. have to be considered similar as a rope break. Yeah, it's kind of weird because it's funny you brought up the young bucks and 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 the referees because uh, one of the things I checked off my bucket list was getting to referee a young bucks match at, at a smash show a few years ago. Yeah, which was really cool. And I, uh, they said we're going to do a lot of double team stuff. I said, do, do you guys do? I'll work with you. I don't care. You yeah, know, you do stuff. And then we after the match, you know, they, they did all their signature stuff. You know, all the mm-hmm. cool stuff. Got to the back, and then and this was them. Matt and Nick came to me and said, uh, "No, I just want to apologize because we kind of buried you out there." I said, "What do you mean?" He says, "Well, you know, we stayed in the ring a long time. We did a lot of stuff." I said, "A lot of double team." And I said, "You know what? Those people that paid their thirty bucks or whatever the hell the thirty dollars shouldn't use bucks when." Well, we're talking young bucks. Okay. Yeah. 30 bucks, whatever whatever money they paid out there. Did they come here and they pay their money to see you guys do your your super kick party and your Meltzer yeah. driver and your and whatever other signature stuff you do? Or did they pay to see me disqualify you? Yeah. Like 35 minutes into a match? No. They came to see you do your shit. I'm going to let you do your shit. Yeah. I will work around you. Have fun. That's what it's about. Because it's if it was WWE, it would be a completely different story because you the match would have to stay within the confines of the the referee rules of the yeah. five count when you make a tag and blah 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 and all that stuff. This isn't WWE. This is different. You you cater to the audience you're performing in front of. Mm-hmm. I'm cool with that. Yeah. You know? I don't but mind be, this, I don't mind being traffic cop going, okay, you go this way, go ahead. But you know what? Just the fact that they, they came up to you and said, you know, they kind of apologized yeah. for burying you. It yeah. just shows uh, Jeff that the fucking young bucks are good guys. No, they <laughs> here's the thing. They get it. They could wrestle WWE style matches if you want to I'm yeah. doing air quotes here where you say WWE style. They can do all that stuff. Yeah. But they know you watch them in, in, in most of their new Japan matches. It's it's not like that. Mm-hmm. It's it's more of a uh, a structured tag team match. When they start getting into the ROH and 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 the big shows, yeah, you know that's when they do all their crazy crazy because things. they're catering to that audience that loves that stuff. Yeah. So you know you give everybody says give the audience what they want while well, they're giving the audience what they want. And uh, Hall of Fame. When will refs start going in? I don't know. That's a, I've been asked I, that before. Because there's it's so a, many like. You know, like Joy Morella, like yeah. is the first one I put in, and yeah, then the, the Hebners have to go in. Timmy White, if Timmy you're White, of course, for me, just for, for me, looking other, after Andre. Yeah, and just being Andre's guy. Uh, ju- that, that alone, alone. yes, yeah, so that yes. alone uh, qualifies him for the Hall of Fame. Uh, Tommy Young, yeah, because Tommy Young was the first referee that I kind of, because you know, back in the day, we used to get Mid Atlantic Re- Championship Wrestling mm. up here in in Toronto, and that's when I really like. I was always a fan since a kid, but the Mid-Atlantic Championship Wrestling really, really kind of flipped a switch in me and made me a, a, like a hardcore fan. Yeah. And I remember Tommy Young, and he was like the referee that stood out for me. And I said, you know, that's cool. Not that I said at the time I would like to be a referee, but no, he was the guy who first started noticing referees and becoming a part of the match. Mm-hmm. There's a guy in, in uh, who's in world-class championship wrestling, David Manning, Mm-hmm. back in the day he was good jerry calhoun in memphis uh you know every area had their their guys their guys and you could pick any number of uh guys you could put in, the hebners how can you not put the hebners in there 
just Earl for, just Earl for, just for the screw job, yeah, just sticking by Vince, yeah, you know, doing his job, exactly. and, and then not only that, also for the main event, yeah, getting thrown by Hogan and breaking his ribs, and uh, like, yeah, yeah, you know, and I love that too. You talked about you talk about that in your book how Ted DiBiase went out and found a guy and gave him plastic surgery or yeah. whatever, and then eventually it was the twins. Yeah. But like, that's one thing I asked him too is like, because I asked him about the interviews, I was like, because before it's like, oh, Ted DiBiase found out. Right. That this guy had a twin brother and he went and abducted the twin brother and then mm-hmm. did to hit him in a closet and did all this stuff. That's what, yeah. you know, and then I said, then after Hogan comes in and I don't know if this was an ad lib, but he's like, mm-hmm. how much for the plastic surgery? I'm like, wait, are yeah. you suggesting yeah. that he just found a random guy, the same size as that ref abducted that guy, gave him plastic surgery yeah. and then hit him for nine months after the surgery healed. And then, you know, like, exactly. I was like, yeah. Too much, too much for a million dollar man to do. A little bit over the top, but I. I, But and he goes, and Ted said, "I think Hogan might have improvised that line." Yeah, you know, he he might he might have gone gone into business for himself, as Jr. would say. Uh, But it it was funny. That was a funny time because I was there in Indianapolis when they did that, and I'm watching the match, you know, on the screen in the back. I'm right. I'm standing right in front of the 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 drink table where the coffee and the and and the drinks are, and I turn around to get myself a drink, and I see Dave standing behind me hiding in the shadows watching the monitor and i'm like wait a minute because we didn't know no we had no clue they had hidden earl all day in vince's office he just they they snuck him in the building he was there uh didn't even get to go well there's a bathroom in there anyway so he doesn't have to leave they brought him food you know the whole bit so i turn around i see dave there and i'm like what the and dave just like put his finger to his mouth okay and i'm me now i'm trying to piece things together and went oh something's gonna happen here let's see this and that's yeah the infamous and, uh and the infamous uh the double, three double even. twin yeah the yeah, three the three, three. Yeah. when it wasn't a three and yeah. uh and uh it, and just that moment you know a lot of people even forget the rest of the card yeah um you know I that don't there remember was it. savage <laughs> savage and honky and uh Oh wow! Was on it, and uh, the Bulldogs. I mean, not the Bulldogs, but the Hart Foundation also wrestled that night. Right. I can't remember who they wrestled. I know. But I refereed a match that did make it onto the one hour. Uh, <laughs> but the uh, show itself was show. like that's yeah. the first time they moved it to a Friday night, and uh, you know, I remember it like you know, February. It was February fifth, nineteen eighty eight, and I remember like like it was yesterday. I'm trying to remember what the what the actual number of viewers was for that. Oh, it was it was, it was through the roof. Yeah, it was unbelievably ridiculous for the time. Yeah, and, and yeah, I don't want to start getting into the the ratings debate of today, but that's well, ev- everything's different. Yeah, it's it's not about ratings anymore. It's about subscriptions mm-hmm. and how many people have the network, and yeah. and the network still thrives. And who would have thought that? Now everybody has their own network. Right. Ring of Honor has the Honor Club. Right. Uh, New Japan has theirs coming yeah, out. Impact you know? has uh, Impact has EWN or you know, something like that. They're all putting high spots out of business. You know. Yeah. Like, yeah exactly. <laughs> well, you know the it's 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 the way technology is going you have yeah. to you have to adapt with the times but at this point uh what again what people don't realize a lot of a lot of the fans is the the main revenue source for wwe is still television yeah television rights fees and stuff and so forth and uh you know the big debate over when their when their rights fees end in september of uh 2019 who are they going to sign with apparently fox is now interested interested yeah. and and it's all well and good but to me, it doesn't matter who they sign with. No, whether it's USA Network. Well, I'm, they still have got a long-term deal up here in Canada with uh, Sportsnet. Mm-hmm. So that that this deal that's going on in the states doesn't affect that whatsoever. No. Uh, people are so preoccupied with 
oh, are they going to stay with USA? Are they going to go to Fox? If they go to Fox, will it be cut down to two hours? Blah, blah, blah. Does it matter to you? No. Does it matter to me? No. I'm going to tune in on Monday nights. I just have to figure out whether I'm going to put it on on, on Sportsnet or am I going to put it on Fox? Yeah. That's all I got to care about. Same with me. It's like even with watching Raw, you know, the, the good thing about watching Raw is yeah. you're not glued to your seat. You can get up. You can exactly. do things. You can come back. They're going to recap everything. You can tweet. You can tweet. You can tweet. Oh, my gosh. Especially you can me. tweet. Yeah. And, See, and the uh, other thing, too, and, and this preoccupation. Oh, you know, the, the product is horrible because the ratings are down. So, wait a minute. The product is only good. You only enjoy the product based on what the ratings are? Yeah. Or do you watch the product and judge it on its own merits? Well, you know what I mean? Even, That's, it, it doesn't even make sense. It doesn't. Some no. of the years some of the years when the ratings were down and, and dismal. Right were some of my favorite matches like those early 90s like yeah. the bret hart years yeah where he was you know and and you know and it's just like oh the the industry goes up and down exactly that's the way life goes mm -hmm. for everyone right so when the ratings are down it's like well they're gonna come up sooner or later you know it's right. the way the trend happens at least you're hope so anyways but, yeah but like again it's 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 a different time it's a different era there's different metrics uh, you look at any entertainment, look at the NFL was down, what, this year, 10% or something like that in viewership? Oh, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? It's, it, everybody's affected in some way. Yeah, even like, well, the Oscars this year. Oh, my goodness. Are down. Yeah. Um, you know, a lot of a lot of things, you know, and, and, and the fact is, it's like, I don't know, the WWE just keeps pushing through, like, the network. Like, Dis like who would have thought that they would have thought of that before Disney? Right. You know, like, Disney is now, like, all the Disney movies have been pulled off of Netflix because mm -hmm. Disney's now doing their network. Right. And once they do ne their network, it's going to be huge. Yeah. Yeah, because they're doing a live action Star Wars exactly. weekly. Oh my. So that's going to be their that's going to be their number one selling feature and mm -hmm. you know Netflix uh, they say they're in debt but they keep making money uh, and then and the network is uh, is, is fine. Is Disney the ones who does the Marvel? movies and shows i think disney has it's, marvel as well yeah yeah, yeah so, so yeah, what they, i yeah, like they to, got me what i like to do yeah i have a all my wrestling ticket stubs mm -hmm. and uh, i go up to my roommate and i fan them out i'm like pick a stub right and it'll be raw this raw i'm like all right let's watch it right you know and then oh, i nice and then i go through and i watch a raw and i'll be like see that sign that's me you know yeah. like I, I, my sign comes up or whatever and right. it can be a raw from you know uh the 90s the 80s the 90s you know the, the 90s or whatever right. uh you know it always happens so um yeah let's wrap this up because we're pretty much done our time oh, okay. it, it's uh this has happened too like i i made notes that i wanted to ask you and uh but i knew the conversation would be so uh enthralling at mm -hmm. least for me oh, cool. um that uh i wouldn't get to everything but does not matter well we can do, uh, we, can do, do we can always come back sometime and yeah. uh, do it again and maybe even bring you a nug and have a three-way three-way yeah. dance yeah. uh whatever whatever we can do so but uh with that said uh jimmy thank you for coming on the show oh pleasure. Uh, thank it's you. been it's a pleasure having you and uh, is there anywhere we can find you? What's going on with you these days besides Aftermath at 7.30 on yeah. uh, Tuesdays? Where can we find you? Yeah. Well, you already said Aftermath on Tuesdays, 7.30, uh, leading into SmackDown Live. Yeah. I, I like the time slot. I, I like being there as kind of like a lead into SmackDown. Even Are you though, keeping the desk? Uh, No. The desk is, is gone. That was only temporary during the Winter Olympics. It's too bad. It looks they, good with the desk. They, I know, but they converted our, our studio into the uh, Winter Olympics studio, so we couldn't... Uh, mm -hmm. We couldn't use it. I kind of like the desk too, because you know, I, I kept telling him we should put like aftermath mugs 
yeah on there like i'm trying to i'm trying to i'm trying to pimp out some 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 merch here you know? <laughs> I mean, like hey aftermath t-shirts hats mugs uh, you know something anything but anyway yeah yeah aftermath tuesdays um you know you can find me on twitter of course at jimmy corderas where if you if you dare jimmy I, battles trolls uh, all the time yeah i see they don't get it i i i i they think they get under my skin but they don't it's just it's 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 almost like I have kind of fun with it, but at the same time, if a guy's going on for like two hours and just the same point over and over again, it's like, okay, dude. Those are people that are the worst at debating. Yeah. Because they're just, they don't listen to, they don't even read or what you say. They just keep regurgitating the same point. I'll give you an example. Um, um, During the pay-per-view on Sunday, this guy tweeted about uh, his dislike for Roman Reigns and why he's being the chosen one and the top guy. And my basic answer to him was, is because... Their internal numbers show that he moves the needle. Yeah. When it comes to ticket sales, when it comes to merch sales, when it comes, to, he is con- he's he's a consistent. Go to a live event, yeah. and see all the kids that are wearing he, his stuff. He's a consistent uh, revenue generator, and uh, of course, he didn't believe that. So it's like, dude, he's been he's been on top in merch sales for well, not uh, on top, but near the top. Yeah, like five years, five, six years now. For how long now? And uh, he's consistently making them money. And he he's, he just won't buy it. So, like, I don't know what to tell you, except I'm not, I'm not going to go to WWE, yank their books, and show them to you. Yeah. And also, I do have people I know there Yeah. who tell me things, but I'm not going to tell you who they are, and I'm not going to tell you what they tell me, yeah. except for the fact that he does well. And he's the reason. There's a reason why he's there. Why I don't understand why people think that they the WWE would intentionally leave money on the table to hold somebody down, yeah, just so they could say we were right. That that is the dumbest, stupidest business thing I've ever heard there's in my no life. Logic, you know, Daniel Bryan. They were no. It, they what was it, WrestleMania 30? The entire show revolved around him. He opened and closed WrestleMania. Yeah. They, you know, it's unfortunate. They want this. Vince, every time you see Vince, is like, end on this. Yes. As long as you end on the yes yeah, chant. Like, exactly. You even, know. even when his retirement speech, he said, make sure you hit that yes. For those who just, they just don't get it. And they think that the, the show is like, Nug said it best. It's called Monday Night Raw. Not Monday Night Raw for Joe. Or not Monday Night Raw for Pete. Or you. Yeah. It's... It's for the whatever, three million or so people that watch every Monday night. Yes. You know, and out of those three million people that watch on Monday night, you know, uh, again, I'm going on a tangent here. Um, They always talk about the NXT brand. Yeah. There are right now topped out roughly about 1.5 million people subscribed to the network, which is the only place you can watch NXT. Mm -hmm. And that's worldwide. Yeah. That's a worldwide audience. Now, assuming that the, the US subscription rate is probably about, Let's say a million just to be safe. Out of those million, are all of them watching NXT? Let's even say 80% of them are watching yeah. NXT. That's 800,000 people who watch NXT who are familiar with the product, familiar with the superstars of NXT. When somebody comes up to the main roster from NXT, that's at tops 800,000 people in the United States who know who they are. Yeah. Yet 3 million people are tuning in. What percent of your audience is that? That's like not even one third. <laughs> it's less than one third. Thank you. And like, so, so it's math, but, yeah. Like it's simple math, yeah. you know. But you know, well, without yeah. Simon Dean there to teach you, or, or exactly you know, or somebody, yeah. I'm trying to think of a, the franchise. Uh, Shane Douglas, Dean Shane Douglas, Doug, Dean, Dean Douglas, Douglas, Dean Douglas, Douglas, Douglas exactly, Dean Douglas, or Matt Stryker. 
Yeah. Without someone to teach you the math, you know, how you, how are you going to figure it out? Yeah, so, exactly. Uh, and that's a, that is a very good point. Like yeah. one third, one third, less than one third. Yeah. So, uh, and, and that's th- so true. But those are the guys that are, you know, that think that because they watch it, everybody watches it. Yeah. You know, uh, like going back again to New Japan and ROH, they have their following. Yeah. But just the majority of the WWE universe has no watch. idea. Yeah. They don't no. watch it. They don't know. And uh, anyways, that's enough of that. I'll go back to Aftermath where you can see myself, Nug, uh, uh, Anthony Corelli, the former Santino Morella. Santino and Morella. Our new host, Carolyn Schved. And how's she working? At great. She's uh, she's uh, very eager. She's learning. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, she's getting back into wrestling because you know she was covering f- soccer and TFC mm-hmm. for a long time. So now she has to get back into the wrestling. It's yeah. kind of like it's the same thing with Jackie when Jackie was there. Yeah, you know because she was so uh, entrenched in hockey and and baseball that um, she had to get uh, reacquainted with with professional wrestling, and she yeah. did. And Carolyn will as well. So. Yeah, it, it's not it's not hard to get caught up. It's uh, still good versus evil. Yeah, it's, it's the same storyline. Yeah, it, you know, <laughs> th- th- but that's the problem now. Th- it, they don't know the difference anymore. Yeah. Like when you talk about heels and baby faces, they, uh, all of a sudden they know the terminology and they know what it's supposed to be, but they don't, un- uh, you know, when somebody says, well, uh, he, he's not really a heel, turn him heel, you know, maybe they'll cheer him. What kind of logic that's, is that? No, that's not what happens. You, you know, the, the, again, the Roman Reigns debate. Well, they're yeah. booing him now. So how is he a baby face? Be- because the smarks are booing him. Yeah, exactly. You know, and it's just like, and in, and in like and in certain moments when he gets cheered, he gets cheered. Yeah. Like in big moments, like uh, the last uh, pay per view, not the the, the last pay per view. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was cheered plenty in yeah. that elimination chamber. Yeah. And uh, you know, like and like I said, anytime he gets together with the Shield, they love him. Yeah. You know. So one last point on him, because. I love to point this out because I was sitting with Jackie at WrestleMania 32 in uh, Dallas at Mm -hmm. the AT&T Stadium. Roman Reigns, Triple H match. Of course, the more vocal were booing the hell out of Roman Reigns throughout the entire match. Boo, 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 boo. They go to the spot. He spears Stephanie. They pop. Yes. Yes. Now, all of a sudden, they go to the finish. He covers one, two, three. And people will come and say, oh, no, this isn't what happened. Uh, I was there. I heard it. Loud pop when yeah. he when the three count. He won the match. It was like for yeah, and then it was like oh wait a minute, I forgot. We don't like this guy. Oh boo! Yeah, just silly. Yeah. And I'm glad uh, the fans are taking to the uh, Steph Hunter angle with yes. with because I was worried that they weren't, especially when they couldn't bring if the Rock was not available to come back. Right, be, exactly what they set up a couple years ago you know but but uh but this also makes sense two former olympians 100 percent, and it makes sense and 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 kurt angle is the gm so there's going to be friction with it because there's already been friction with stephanie before when they were running it it all makes sense it all works i'm excited for wrestlemania i'm excited that jimmy come on the show today and uh and and had a great talk with us and uh (laughs) <laughs> Folks, thank you uh, for joining us. Uh, what's your Twitter, Jimmy, by the way? Uh, at Jimmy Corderas. Jimmy Corderas. Yeah. Remember to hit us up on the social media. Is at TNW Pod on Twitter. Uh, hit up our Facebook page, Facebook Talking Wrestling. Give us a like and a follow and uh, check out an old episode or an old issue. Um, 
also talking wrestling podcast on the instagram make sure to check us out there and uh, thanks for letting us put a, a headlock on your ears for about an hour and uh, we'll see you guys next week have a great one thanks bye Never Sleeps Network. This has been a Never Sleeps Network production, executive produced by Alex Ross. For more information and content, visit NeverSleepsNetwork.com. Never Sleeps Network.